Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about handling negative feedback and rejection in your career. Today, I brought on Deanne Turner, who is a 35-year veteran in identifying, selecting, and growing talent. She is also the former vice president of talent for Chick-fil-A. Deanne has unparalleled insight and experience in talent acquisition, career and leadership development, and organizational culture. Her second book, Bet on Talent, How to Create a Remarkable Culture that Wins the Heart of Customers, was named one of the best books to read in 2020 by Harvard. She also just launched a book on March the 2nd called Crush Your Career, Ace the Interview, Land the Job, and Launch Your Future. We're going to talk about that book towards the end of this episode, and I'm very excited to share those insights. Deanne leads her own organization, Deanne Turner and Associates, LLC, where she widely shares her wisdom through speaking opportunities, coaching, and consulting. This topic is going to be a heavy hitter. We're going to talk about the negatives here. So negative feedback, rejection, the things that a lot of us have to deal with, but are so necessary in order to process so we can have a successful career and a successful job search. So I have no doubt in my mind that some of you listeners are going to see this episode as a game changer. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Deanne. This is episode 208 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Hey, Deanne, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, Chris. Thank you so much for inviting me. It is so awesome to have you and congratulations on the book launch. Thank you very much. It's really a dream come true. I just wanted to write one book and now it's been three and that's pretty exciting. That's fantastic. So I'll launch right into the context of this episode. I like to kick things off rather quickly. So go ahead and tell me why rejection and feedback is so important for job seekers to get a handle on. Why is this so critical? Well, first of all, we know that at some point in our life, we're all going to experience rejection. It's just a fact. And if we don't handle it well, it'll certainly derail our career. Not only is it a painful thing in life in general, but it'll derail our career if it's on the job rejection, we don't handle it well. And so my thoughts are that, you know, resilience is really the antidote to rejection and developing this skill and of resiliency and resilient behavior will help you overcome that rejection when it does happen to you. Absolutely. Resilience is got to be one of the most powerful things that we can have, not only as job seekers, but as humans because it doesn't just have to do with your career. It has to do with relationships and other things like that. So it's my hope that people will not only, you know, take this, what they're going to learn in this episode today, not only for their careers, but they'll also be able to apply that to other areas of their life. So, you know, it's the behavior that helps you bounce back from anything. And you think about what we've been through in 2020 and 2021 globally with the experience that we have. And so developing resiliency will help you with rejection, but also to overcome all those obstacles that you face in life and in career in general. Exactly. And so you talked about this in Crush Your Career, but why is the concept of rejection and negative or constructive feedback, why is this such a big deal to you? You know, I will tell you that I struggled with this earlier in my career, the whole idea of being rejected, you know, and I didn't really know how to respond to that. I mean, sometimes, honestly, I didn't even want to hear the feedback. It was just painful to me. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people feel that way. And I'll tell you that I learned this. I learned this whole skill of managing the rejection 
probably more than people who actually reported to me than I did from mentors or other people in my life to begin with. But I started seeing this in some of my own employees. And, you know, they would receive negative feedback. A couple of times I had experiences where they received negative feedback from someone that really wasn't even valid. And then I watched the way they managed through that rejection. And I thought, wow, that's a great skill. Look at them bounce back. And then what I watched happen was other people start following them. They were developing followership because they had this resilient spirit that overcame that rejection. And that actually really helped me a lot. That makes a lot of sense. And I know one of the things you talk about is, and we'll launch into this when we talk about how to handle criticism and feedback, but one of the things you talk about are these blind spots, especially if we are starting off in our career or launching a new career and we may not be so experienced, but oftentimes we have this intention of accomplishing something, but that intention may not match the reality and using criticism or feedback as a way to guide yourself to hitting the mark and doing better, right? Exactly. You know, I talk about this a little bit in the whole area of self-awareness, which I think is really closely related to what we're talking about. And the fact that, you know, sometimes we just don't understand that regardless of our good intentions and how good our heart is and what we think we're trying to do, sometimes those intentions don't land on people and don't have the impact that we expected them to have. And so one of the really important things to do in our career, again, this is to me, this is like the second big, if you can't handle rejection, that's a derailer. And if you can't handle, or if you don't know how to manage your self-awareness, that's another big derailer. And so it's really important to understand the gap between what you intended and how you actually impacted other people. And when you see what that gap is by getting feedback from truth tellers in your life, then you start changing your behavior so that you actually get the impact that you intended. I like the way you frame that, especially for someone who had, you know, taken criticism the hard way. I like the way you frame that because it puts the power back in your hands because you're saying, hey, this is something that I can use to serve me and my purpose and what I'm trying to achieve and not I just am trying to be a people pleaser and make everyone happy all the time. It's like, no, how can I make my intention match the reality and use feedback as a tool? I just think that's so awesome the way you said that. So Let's talk about it. Let's first dive into negative feedback, and then we'll hit upon rejection in a second. What should we do first? Let's say we just had a conversation with our boss, and we'll just use the boss example because it's most classic, and there is a good piece of negative feedback within that. What's the first thing that I should be doing when I'm processing it? Okay, so when you're actually in the conversation, the first thing you want to do is actually remain calm. Don't get defensive on the spot there. Just listen. Don't interrupt. Really sit there and listen to the feedback. Take notes because if it's shocking feedback, you might not remember it later. And it's really important that you write it down so that you can reflect on this later. So start by listening without interrupting to what's being said to you. Next, after the conversation is finished, if this is shocking feedback to you, then one of the things you can say is, you know, I need a little time to digest this. Can I come back in a week and we discuss this a little more? Another thing you can do while in the conversation is if it's shocking to you and you're not really catching, again, in a very non-defensive way, because if your tone is wrong, this can sound defensive, but you can say, could you help me by giving me an example of when I did that or tell me about a time when I did that so that I can get a better picture of what you're talking about? And then, again, take in that information Don't start explaining anything in this conversation. This conversation is about listening 
and understanding first. That's so hard for people because I know I want to get defensive sometimes and be like, well, this happened and this is why I did it and this and that. But you're saying just try to take it in, try to be a little bit more passive here, correct? Exactly. Because you're not probably in the right state of mind to explain anyway. And you're going to miss something that you really need to hear. Because the next thing you want to do is to go away and be quiet with this information and be still with it a little bit. Review what you were told. Think about the examples. Try to remember back to those examples. And then the next important step is you want to find a truth teller in your life. It could be a spouse. It could be a uh, best friend, it could be, and hopefully it's a mentor. That would be the absolutely best as a, a truth-telling mentor that can help you sort through this feedback that you've been given and who can either validate the feedback or they might even say, you know, that part of it's really not true, but this is how you can manage it better. I like that a lot because you don't want to completely believe everything 100% that people tell you, right? So you're saying, let me be a little bit more objective about it and just investigate a little bit more and talk to someone who's trusted. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Because that way, especially, you know, if you have a great relationship with your boss, and I think this is a very small percentage of people who can take that kind of feedback, especially if it's extremely negative and it's unexpected from their boss and be able to process it right then on the spot. It happens. But I think it's more rare. And that's why when I'm coaching, I really tell people, you know, try not to process it all at one time, but to take it away, get it validated, and then prepare for the next conversation that you need to have with your boss. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. One of the questions I asked you last time, and I thought your insight was very genius, and this has happened to me before in the past, but let's say that I have actively already been trying to work on the thing that I was criticized for. So use an example, let's say someone says out of the blue, hey, Chris, I think you are very disorganized. And I think this is something you need to work on to improve your performance with the company. And sadly enough, I've been trying to already improve that. Like I just had my own realization for myself that this is something that I'm trying to do instantly to get the feedback that I'm disorganized when I've been trying to improve it can sometimes seem disheartening. So what would you say in that instance? What would I tell my boss if this is something that I'm trying to improve? Well, you always say thank you for feedback first. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that continued feedback or thank you for making me aware of that. Recently, and whether it's through my own realization or recently I've received feedback from other people to realize that that's something I need to work on. And I've actually been working on that. Have you noticed recently a change in my behavior that you could identify or, you know, what more could I do or what more do you see me needing to do to improve on that? Because what happens is sometimes people, they have long memories sometimes about things that you don't do as well. And if it was an issue two years ago that you were disorganized and it was an issue a year ago, they're ready to bring it up again without really stopping and thinking, wait a minute, have I seen Chris do something differently? So you're going to help them trying to remember recent history and how you've behaved. And sometimes that can give them awareness. Oh, now that I think about it, I've watched Chris do this better. And you're trying to do that again in a non-defensive way that just makes them aware that you know it's an area to work on and you've been working on that recently. Gosh, Deanne, that is so powerful. And I think if people take that piece of advice and use it, not only will they feel better about themselves, but their boss, whoever it is, will start to see the actual improvements because, gosh, they already brought up that they were trying to improve it. And I am forced to recognize those times in which they 
were improving upon those areas in their life. So I think that's great. So I'll ask one more piece of advice for one more piece of advice on criticism before moving on to rejection. But let's say that I have properly digested everything I need to, and I have come to the realization based on conversations with my mentors and some soul, seek, soul you know, seeking, journaling, things like that. I really need to improve on my organization because I am disorganized. How do I continuously improve so that way I can make sure I am on the right track and I am, as you mentioned earlier in the episode, am able to achieve my objective or my goal as a professional that's improving? Well, first thing is to create some goals around that. What does it look like? You know, what is the desired state of you being organized? What will that look like? Will that look like everything's on the calendar and you're on time to everything and all assignments are turned in on time? Whatever that is that that looks like, set goals and write them down. That's so important so that you can track them. And then you're going to want to continuously seek the feedback from those truth tellers. Now, don't drive them crazy asking them every day. Am I organized? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I think at first, certainly checking in within 30 days. Hey, these have been my goals. This is what I've been working on. What have you observed? I think that's incredibly important. By the way, it's important to go back to your boss, too, because remember, we kind of left things that you were listening and taking the information in and then thanking the boss for the feedback and then going away to decide what your plan is. So in the first conversation with the boss saying, thank you for this feedback. I need to digest it for a little while. Can I come back in a week? Don't let too much time pass on this. Can I come back next week and let's have a follow-up conversation about a plan for improvement? You're taking some of the weight off of your boss when you do that. So you come back the next week and you're and what you're trying to do is get agreement between the two of you of how you're going to work on this issue. And so you bring back your goals. This, based on what you told me, I've set these goals for my behavior or for my practices and what I'm going to do. Do you agree with these? You want to get full agreement. You want to say, okay, this is where I'm headed. And can we check back in 30 days to be sure I'm on track? Okay. Great leaders do this accountability naturally, but a lot don't. So again, you're helping your leader be a better leader by making those kinds of suggestions. Gosh, if I had an employee who I gave feedback to like that, and they said that, I would just be, I would be impressed. I would say this person is someone who wants to improve and I would see that. So great piece of advice, Dan. You know, hopefully it becomes a boss that's for you. I mean, when when you present it that way, they want you. I mean, most of the time people want you to succeed. I mean, we have those strange personalities, you know, that can be abusive. That's a whole nother story, a whole nother chapter about how to deal with that. But for the regular boss who really wants the team to succeed and you to succeed, they're going to really appreciate this kind of response to them. Absolutely. So let's talk about rejection now. I find it interesting that the two subtopics are presented together, feedback and rejection, but why both of these things similar? Well, I think sometimes people, they misread feedback as rejection. And it can be a natural thing to do. It it hurts to know that you've not succeeded in a way you intended to, or even use the word failure. I failed at something. And so I think sometimes that's how people see feedback. They don't see it for the gift that it is. If somebody's taking time to give you feedback, that means they care about you. I've had three sons and two of them were college football players. And this is what they told me. They said, I want that coach yelling at me. The day he stops yelling at me means he doesn't care anymore. And so instead of taking that yelling as rejection, 
It's feedback because he cares that I get better. It's the same way to think about your boss that's giving you feedback or even other people. It doesn't just have to be your boss, but other people in the organization giving you feedback. They care enough to give you the feedback. They didn't care about you. They were really rejecting you. They just ignore you. Absolutely. I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but in our last conversation, we talked about like rejection is it's almost like this subjective experience that we put upon ourselves sometimes. It's something that we do to ourselves. Am I remembering that correctly, the way you were describing rejection? Well, I think it is. I think sometimes we create this idea we've been rejected when actually we haven't. Right. It's it comes from within ourselves that we decide that we've been rejected versus that somebody's really dismissed you or but that happens too. There's no question. I think I shared a story with you about an employee that I watched this happen to. And she was on my team doing a fantastic job for one of her internal clients. Mm -hmm. And something was misunderstood. It was clearly misunderstood. I knew it was misunderstood. It was not anything intentional that deserved the response that she received. But the response was really very, very harsh. And the leader that she was serving asked that she be moved. And I wasn't supportive of that at all. I really felt like he was making a huge mistake for his team. Yeah. And instead, so what I did was I did move her. And one of the things that I loved about her, she didn't take it as rejection. And that's a case where I would say, yeah, she's pretty much rejected, but she didn't take it. She just showed resilience. She popped into her new role. She succeeded at that new role. She overcame that. She didn't let that stop her for one minute. She just redirected that energy into her new position. And she ended up being incredibly successful and went on to be promoted several more times. That's great. And what a great story. And I want to ask on a similar vein here, the methods for dealing with rejection that you'd recommend for anyone in their career. And I'm sure people can use this whether they are frustrated after getting job rejection after job rejection after sending the resume out, or perhaps an example where somebody has been working their butt off here for a promotion and they have been getting those soft skills, getting those hard skills honed and having conversations with their boss and just working up to this moment and they don't get the job or they don't get the promotion and that disheartening no feeling. How do you recommend people bounce back and deal with that sort of, you know, heart-wrenching rejection? Well, the first thing is you have to realize what your identity is in. So our identity, you know, I think for most people, if it is, it's something to examine, but it's not in our job. It's in other roles we serve in life. For me, I talk about it's in my faith, but for different people, it's different things. And, And really determining this is not my identity. What this one person thinks of me or what this, the fact that this company rejected me for a job, that's not my identity. So start there because you can't have that chisel away at your confidence. That'll just, you know, create a snowball effect, especially thinking about being rejected for a job. So I also say that, you know, when I find disappointment, when something disappoints me, a job I wanted, a promotion I wanted, those things that didn't happen, that I realize that I'm either being protected from something that's not best for me, or I'm going to be provided something better. And I've had a long enough life and career Mm -hmm. to watch that happen again and again, not just for myself, but for other people too. I see it happen all the time. It's like, I didn't get into my first choice college. Five years down the road, I sure am glad I didn't get into my first choice college because that wasn't the right thing for me. I selected thousands of franchisees for Chick-fil-A. 
And when the candidates would come in and they were looking at a certain location, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out that they got the opportunity. And from where I sat, a lot of times I knew the location wasn't the right fit. They didn't have a connection there. They yeah. weren't, that wasn't a community they were involved in. So to them, it felt like a rejection. For me, it was like, it's just not the right thing. Yeah. And then later, the right thing would come along. They would get into that community. They would be successful. That, you know, all those things would come together. And they say, I sure am glad that that first thing didn't work out. So when you have that experience, you know, rather than saying, oh, that was a disaster, stepping back and going, it wasn't the right thing for me. So I keep going to find whatever that right thing is for me. And if you keep taking the next step and the next step, you're eventually going to end up in that right thing. Absolutely. And what a good positive way to think about it, because it's something that I know eats away at a lot of people's confidence. I know that it's definitely ate at my confidence and it still does to some extent whenever I'm not getting that good handle or that perspective on it. So I think that's a great reminder. And you reminded me of the time where this is an older example, but when I got rejected from my dream school in high school applying for colleges, just that awful feeling and remembering that 10 years later or, you know, 11 years later, recognizing that the school that I ended up in was, you know, really the one for me and the one where I felt that steered me to where I am today and helping me end up just be happy. And I don't think that's something that I would have known. I think if I had it my way, I definitely would have chosen that dream school first when I was applying, but heck, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happier than ever. And like 90% of the people, I wouldn't say 90%, but a good majority of the people who I know today are from that network and are just such good people. Exactly. Rejection has a funny way of steering you in the right place. Yeah. That's why I tell people, especially the young people about not getting the jobs that they wanted. I mean, excuse me, the getting into the school they wanted, you know, there's a set of friends, there's a professor that's going to make a difference in your career. There's these circumstances that are going to be available to you where you're going to end up that weren't going to be there. And you don't know that at the time. Hindsight, as they say, is twenty twenty, and you can't know it at the time, but you just kind of have to trust that it's all going to work out but as to what's meant for you will happen. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit earlier as well, but do you believe in the concept of telling yourself that sometimes things are just a numbers game? You know, such as if I apply to 100 jobs, I need I need to go in expecting that I am going to get rejected from some of these and I just need to keep going. Do you believe in that kind of mentality? Certainly. I, I probably phrase it just a little bit differently. I wouldn't go into something believing I'm going to get rejected because I think confidence is important. OK, but recognizing as I go look for a new job at some point, rejection is inevitable. You know, I tell the story about selecting franchisees at Chick-fil-A. And back when I was doing this, the numbers are much bigger now, but I'll talk about it from the perspective of when I was there. The last year that I was involved in selecting franchisees, we had over 60,000 applicants for less than 100 opportunities. Now, I had to turn down a lot of fantastic people. Because it was just a number, like you said, it was just a numbers issue. It wasn't about the qualifications of the majority of those people. Right. It was just there were only so many opportunities and so many people vying for it. And so you just keep going until basically your number comes up and you get your chance. Absolutely. I'm remembering somebody who this person had worked for all these famous brands before in the past. This person was awesome. A marketing director who had just been an absolute rock star in her industry and she was getting rejected for jobs that she was obviously qualified for. 
I mean, like, I wouldn't say she was way overqualified. I think she was a good match, but I knew this person was a good fit for all of these jobs. And I would say the same thing. It's this person shouldn't feel like it's something that has to do with a with their identity or the fact that they're not qualified. It's just the fact that oftentimes you just aren't getting noticed or possibly there is somebody else who stood out better than you in some way. Maybe their resume just matched a little bit better through the applicant tracking system or they knew somebody or something like that. So people need to keep pushing forward just as hard as they pushed the last time through without feeling like their confidence is just getting depleted. And this is another time to go back to the whole feedback thing too as well. Because if you keep doing this again and again and again, and you keep getting rejected. Okay, so you do need to stop the pattern or that causes a little bit of insanity, right? Yeah. So you can do a couple things. Now, most companies now, especially larger organizations, are not giving feedback to their candidates. They just can't. They just don't have the capacity mm-hmm. to do it. But if you're applying for organizations where there's where it's a little smaller, sometimes I was talking to a guy the other night, I couldn't believe the feedback he gave to a candidate gave a wealth of knowledge to this person who took the time to do it. So if you find some people that are willing to do that for you, get them to tell you. Yeah. you know, can you tell me some things I could do to be a more selectable candidate? But also go back to your mentors, your friends, other people who know you well. This is what I'm presenting. Do you see any holes in what I'm doing? Do you have just one idea to help me do this a little differently that I might have more success? So keep seeking feedback about everything that you do yeah. because somebody's going to have an idea that's going to help you break through. I love that. And what a great way to put a cap on this episode here. I want to hear before we talk about your exciting book launch, what final words of advice do you have for job seekers? These are definitely difficult times. When I came out of college, we were in a major recession. You know, gas prices were high. I mean, there. I just remember how difficult it was. I've never forgotten that time of You know, you're just trying to get that first opportunity or maybe all of this you've been laid off and you're in a transitional period. Don't lose heart. You know, while a lot of jobs have been eliminated in the last year, also brand new industries have opened up because of all the challenges in front of us. The world is in need of problem solvers. So figure out a problem to solve and go out there and show organizations and demonstrate to them how you can help them solve that problem and just keep at it. Don't give up. You'll eventually get to where you want to go. I love it. Thank you so much. Deanne Turner, everybody, who just launched the book, Crush Your Career. Can you talk about why you launched this book? This is your third book, correct? It is. My first two books were really written more for leaders who were trying to create remarkable cultures and find and keep extraordinary talent. And Crush Your Career is about teaching talent how to be extraordinary. And the story here is that the publisher wanted me to write this, and we were talking about it in the summer of 2019. I didn't want to write that book because the target audience, millennials and Gen Zers, these folks had more job offers than they knew what to do with during that period of time. But I turned in the first draft on March 20th of 2020, and we all knew what happened next. And so I'm thankful that that's the book they asked me to write, and it's, it's really my gift back. After all these years of what I did, I just want this next generation to have an easier time of it. And that's why I wrote Crush Your Career is that I hope they'll find some wisdom in it that'll help them ace their interview, land the job, and launch their future. I love that. What are two of your favorite chapters that you have written in this book? It's funny, but we talked about some of them today. I talk about, you know, while half the book about is about getting a job, 
half the book is about keeping the job and growing in your career. And there's one section when I talk about some pretty important pieces, and we talked a little bit about some of it today, but I think if people learn early in their career how to navigate and grow relationships, how to navigate some certain landmines, and we talked about them, rejection, managing their own ego, things like that, and then finally how to manage their own performance and development, those three big things uh, really can set you up throughout your career if you know how to do those things. And so that tends to be one of my favorite areas of the book. That's great. Well, I can feel the excitement coming off the screen here, just how passionate you are about this book and this topic. So thanks so much for bringing it up today. And thank you for bringing your own talents to this podcast episode. I thought you were great. Chris, it's been my pleasure. And thank you so very much for having me. Perfect. So listeners, this concludes episode 208 of the Career Warrior podcast. We had such amazing insights from Deanne. And for me, this is a topic that really hits home for me because I know that I'm a little bit of a sensitive person sometimes, or at least I've been historically. So for me to learn how to process rejection and to process criticism like a true professional has allowed me to become a better and better person and someone who can really hone my craft. And I know I'll be taking the inspirations and the insights from this episode today in my own life to continue to crush my career here and to continue to become a better professional. Listeners, you can always find the links that went mentioned within the episode within the description. So whether you're listening to Apple, Spotify, etc., just check that and we'll make sure to include Deanne's book as well as how to contact her following through LinkedIn or any of those other platforms. All right, this concludes episode 208 of the Career Warrior Podcast. We'll see you next Monday morning. Go out and be warriors. Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning.